0: Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you brewski 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll so say you'll keep it, but, anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule, and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our Hoop Ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoopdashball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Gets it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey slaughter. Is taken flight, we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this right after the Hawks-Bucks game, where the Hawks unfortunately dropped the contest tonight to the Milwaukee Bucks, as they were undermanned without two of their star players, but it was, a, as I said, a hard-fought loss. Very valiant effort from this Hawks team. They now sit at 8-8. Eight putting them tied for sixth place in the East with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who currently have the tiebreaker over us after winning earlier in the year, but in a good spot early on in this season. But we are embarking a tough spot in our schedule with the Clippers and Nets the next two games at home here in Atlanta. We will recap the win on Friday versus the Minnesota Timberwolves and tonight's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on this episode But first, a quick plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm to plug you all my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code hoop to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100% just like an A plus in school. Hopefully you got them. But if not, this your chance to get hundred percent. You like playing blackjack. There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. And try to score some. In the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Injury report for Friday night's game versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Available Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. It's great to have that depth back. They were certainly going to all play a role in the win on Friday. Out was Bogdan Bogdanovich Steele and Chris Dunn. Starting lineup. On Friday, for the Hawks, Trey Young at the one, Kevin Herter at the two, DeAndre Hunter at the three, John Collins at the four, and Clint Capella at the five. Hawks came out versus Minnesota with a balanced scoring attack early, as everyone in the starting lineup scored in the first quarter. Ricky Rubio would provide a little spark for the T Wolves, who were glad to have him back setting up their offense, and they were going a little run as the Hawks would miss a few shots early on. However, Clint Capella and Ice Trey would lead the way early and throughout the game as the Hawks would answer with their own run early in the first quarter. They welcomed Gallinari back to the floor, and his first play was a positive one, forcing the switch on a screen leading to a Trey Young jumper and then followed that up with his first points for the Hawks since December when he went out with an injury. And of course, it was a patented three-point shot, which he's known for. Clay Capella was excellent in the paint defensively, the entire game throwing a block party in Minneapolis, tying his career high in blocks in the first half with six, and he would not be done. He also led the charge for this Hawks team, crashing the glass, and they were playing great defense as a team they forced minnesota to shoot a lot of bad shots which resulted in a lot of misses hawks in the second quarter would jump out to a 10-point lead with their bench leading the way as they were closer to full strength finally so they can finally produce more than they've had in the last few games hawks as a team were sharp focused wire to wire brought that energy and effort on both ends of the floor they were executing protecting the paint showing off their weapons, and just flexing their muscles on the young T-Wolves team. Hawks were going on a 28-8 to eight run in an eight-minute stretch here in the first half and never really looked back. Trey Young, aggressive, getting to the free throw line. He managed the game extremely well, and he was cooking in the first half with 25 first-half points. Capella would add 15 first-half rebounds, and the Hawks led by as many as 23 points in the first half, and would end up going into halftime with a 19-point lead. As a team, they scored 37 points in the second quarter, and Trey Young had 19 of those points. Hawks shot 50% from the floor in that first half, and 46% from three, and had stifling defense. A very dominant half from the Hawks, but you know, the problem for this Hawks team has been finishing this year. However, Trey Young would make sure that they finished as he hit the 30-point mark in the third quarter. And Capella's defense was continuing to be dominant in his game as he set a new career high with eight blocks. But wait, there's more! Minnesota would show life in the third quarter, cutting the lead to 15 midway through that quarter with a 9-0 run until Trey Young hit his fifth three-pointer in the game, which started an 11-0 run for the Hawks. Ice Trey would get to the 40-point mark in the third quarter as he had six three-pointers by then and was getting any and everything he wanted from the floor and pretty much anywhere on the floor. He was just taking what the defense was giving him. And as bad as the defense was and as lost as they were for the T-Wolves on Friday night, pretty much he had a lot of open looks and that was bad on their end. But great for us as a Hawks uh, franchise as he was certainly... Cooking the entire game. Reddish added 12 points as well to at this point in the game in the third quarter. His first game back from injury coming off the bench. And the Hawks had another 30-point quarter in the third. And as the fourth quarter came along on Friday, the route was on. Gallo will continue to play good in limited minutes. Capella will get his triple double as he reached 10 blocks. That's right, 10 blocks by the fourth quarter, becoming the sixth Hawks player in team history to get a points, rebounds, and blocks triple-double. Trey Young would tie his career high in threes, and DeAndre Hunter, who had a slow start in the first half as he was coming back from injury, would wake up in the second half, and the Hawks would close with five players in double digits as they would rout the T-Wolves to sweep the season series to a score Of 116.98 up in the Twin Cities, the team executed wire to wire, shot the ball extremely well from three, played great team defense. And at this point, Hawks will put together a three-game winning streak heading into tonight versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Team stats from the game on Friday, Hawks shot almost 46% from the field and almost 43% from the three-point line. Timberwolves would shoot 43% from the field and 25% from the three-point line. Hawks shot 83% from the free throw line on Friday night with 30 trips to the line, which is great. Speaks to their aggressiveness in forcing themselves to the charity strike. They out-rebounded Minnesota 55-40 in 13-10 on the offensive glass. As a team, 12 blocks, 10 of them obviously belonging to Clint Capella, as I said before. 17 turnovers on Friday night, so less than their last game versus Minnesota. Still something that they need to continue to work on. 16 team fouls, and they were really doing a really good job on defense all night long and definitely trying not to foul and put the T-Wolves on a free throw line. And the Hawks would have 44 points in the paint, which is very symbolic because 44 is symbolic to Atlanta baseball and sports. As the world lost an icon in Hank Aaron on Friday, January 22nd, when obviously the Hawks and the Timberwolves played. And he will certainly be missed, but his impact and legacy was already forever cemented with his demeanor, his accomplishments, his presence and triumph. And these Hawks players were very motivated to get the win on Friday night as they took care of business up in Minnesota. Stats for the Timberwolves on Friday night. Malik Beasley was their leading scorer with 17 points, just like he had 17 points in the game prior versus Atlanta. He shot seven of 11 from the field on Friday night, two of five from three. He added four assists and a steal. 13 points for Nas Reed, 10 points from Vanderbilt for the Minnesota front court, so 23 points combined from the starting front court of Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell was held to nine points on Friday And Jared Culver would cook a little bit with 15 points off the bench as he was their second leading scorer of the game. For the Hawks, Trey Young was on fire, dropping 43 points, a season high, shot 14-22 from the floor and 8-12 of from the three-point line, his best three-point shooting performance of the season. And as I mentioned before, it was a career high in threes, He went 7-7 from the free throw line, added 5 assists, 4 rebounds, but did post 7 turnovers. So, great game from Trey Young. He was just on fire. His confidence was sky high. He was extremely motivated as he got a chance to meet the late, great Hank Aaron. And he just said that he just wanted to do this for Hank Uh, on Friday night. Clint Capella with another historic night with 13 points on 5 of 11 shooting from the floor. And he went 3-6 from the free throw line. He grabbed 19 rebounds, including 7 on offensive glass, and added the 10 blocks, as I mentioned, to put together his triple-double. He also had a steal. Ken Capella continues to be dominant on the glass, in the paint, and scoring around the rim as well. Just being the leader as far as setting the tone with his energy, effort, hustle on that end and whatever he does, the team follows suits, and basically for Trey Young, with his aggressiveness on the offensive end, whatever he does, the team follows suits, so both are leaders on this team, respectively, for the things that they do in their game, now, unfortunately being unavailable for tonight's game, but we'll get to that shortly, Cam Reddish was back from injury, as I said before, and scored 15 points off the bench, although It was on three of 10 shooting, and he went one of five from three, so not a great shooting night, but he had 10 free throw attempts on Friday night, which I love seeing his aggressiveness trying to get to the rim and forcing them to make a call, putting him on a charity stripe, and he would make eight of those 10 free throw attempts. He grabbed five rebounds, added two assists, a steal, and a block. DeAndre Hunter scored 11 points coming off an injury. He started slow, but picked it up Towards the end of the game, he shot four of seven from the floor, went one of four from the three-point line, and added two free throw mates. He grabbed three rebounds, added two assists, and swiped four steals on Friday night. So obviously continuing to be a staple on the defensive end and making that his calling card, but he would have a very great game the next game. I'm excited to talk about that a little later in the program. John Collins struggled with his shot. On Friday night. Only getting eight shots. And he made two of them. And at one point he was 1-7. of Through the third quarter. So very off night for John Collins. But when you have the depth. And you have Trey Young going off. And Capella doing his thing. He can afford to have a night like this. As I said before. Only had scored four points on Friday night. He grabbed seven rebounds. Including three in the offensive end. And added two assists. Herder struggled as well shooting the ball went two or seven from the floor and over from the three-point line as he posted four points he would grab five rebounds and add two assists Danilo Gallinari back again as I said from injury scored 10 points off the bench in 15 minutes shot three of eight from the floor went one of four from the three-point line all three of his free throw attempts and grabbed four rebounds. I thought it was a really good first game back for Gallinari. We desperately missed him and I kind of said that he's like a toy that you lost at some point in your childhood that you missed but once you got it back, you didn't realize how much you missed that toy once you started playing with it. Like, man, I really missed this toy. I've had a couple of those toys before Uh, and Gallinari is uh, that piece for us that we missed him, we knew we missed him, but once we got him back and that he was doing the things that he does as Danilo Gallinari, creating space, setting up others, and obviously knocking down threes and stretching the floor from the four or five position with his versatility, we really missed him and we're really glad that we have him back, especially as we enter this tough stretch of games coming up. And Rajon Rondo off the bench added nine points on three or seven shooting, and all of his makes were three-point makes. He added six assists, seven rebounds, and two steals. So a really good game for Rajon Rondo off the bench, and we were going to need his contribution for this next game versus the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about that game after this quick plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh yes, back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for, 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 for free. Just go to bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox And enjoy the Nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, we are back. After a great game on Friday, the Hawks will have a test against one of the best teams in the East, in the Milwaukee Bucks, and they will be shorthanded tonight. As I said, two of the key players who had great nights on Friday were unavailable. Injury report goes as Trey Young with back spasms. He was out for tonight's game versus the Bucks, A huge blow. Along with Clint Capella who was out with right hand soreness. So when you have two of your leaders out. People are going to have to step up this game. And we had some people step up. And along with Young and Capella. Chris Dunn and Bogdanovich. The usual suspects on our injury report list. So the starting lineup for tonight will go as. Rajon Rondo starting at the 1. Kevin Herter at the 2. DeAndre Hunter at the three, John Collins at the four, and rookie Oyeko Okungu making his first start in the NBA tonight at the five. I was really interested in seeing Rondo run the offense. Obviously, this is why you bring him in for depth at the one position. Obviously, leading our bench. And for moments, obviously, like these, when Trey Young can't go, you have a guy who's been an all-star, who's a two-time champion in this league, running the point. To really help set things up on the offensive end. So I was going to be really excited to see how Rondo filled in in his role. He's a consummate professional. So you should know what, what you're going to get when you have Rajon Rondo leading your team at the one. John Collins, we're going to have to have a big game. We're going to have to feature him with Capella and Ice Trey out. Magic City Trio. All three of them will need to play well. The young wings for the Atlanta Hawks, as you know. DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, all are going to have to be big tonight, and they're going to need to protect the paint as they have a tall task in front of them with a massive front court that they have led by MVP in last year's Defensive Player of the Year Giannis Antetokounmpo. Milwaukee would get off to a fast start, dominating the aforementioned paint that I said that we desperately needed to protect with Capella out. Gallo, and Okongwu both on minutes restriction. And Oyeka Okongwu just being a rookie, it was going to be tough sledding as Giannis got everything he wanted to start off the game along with the rest of the Bucks team as they got out to a 32-15 lead in the first quarter. And they never gave the lead up in this game. And it looked real daunting early on. The Hawks shot 2 of 12 from the floor. The Hawks were going a little run in the second quarter to try to cut the already 20-point deficit that they had in front of them. But the big three of Giannis Middleton and Holiday and contributions from Bobby Portis and Brent Forbes off the bench would prove too much in the first half. Undermanned without two of the best players. This is going to be a game for the Hawks where players got experience against a tough team and we would see who would step up to the challenge and grow their confidence in their respective game, and look no further than John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, who carried the offensive load for the team all night. After going scoreless in the first quarter, DeAndre Hunter would have 14 points in the second quarter alone. The Books, however, guarding the paint exceptionally well and forced a lot of outside shots and tough shots for the Hawks, and they were just not falling for Atlanta. Hawks took. 24 three-pointers in the first half. Only made five of them for just under 21%. John Collins, on the other hand, was hot from the three-point line tonight as he hit three three three-pointers in the first half alone. And his confidence in that three-point shot continues to grow game after game. And I love seeing that from J.C. But the Hawks, without Capella, were getting dominated in the paint. Out-rebounded, and I said opposite from the... Hawks, the Bucks were knocking down their three-pointers in the first half. Third quarter would come along, and the Hawks would start off well, not turning over the ball, which they did a good job all night of not posting a lot of turnovers. Defense would play much better, and they started off on a 12-6 run to cut the lead to 13 in the third quarter. They would get Giannis in foul trouble, and Atlanta would take advantage and pick up the pace, cutting the lead to eight points midway in the third quarter, making Bucks fans nervous. Hawks fans, like, hmm, I emoji right there. Like, could they do it? Could they pull off the upset tonight? And Hunter and Collins were continuing to carry the load offensively, along with Danilo Gallinari scoring off the bench in the second game back from injury. They competed much better as a team on both ends of the floor in the second half, as they were very active on defense, forcing turnovers for the Bucks. The Hawks would win the third quarter, outscoring the Bucks 36-28, to and down 11 points with a chance in the fourth quarter to make things interesting without Capella and Trey Young. The Bucks, however, would wake up and maintain their lead in the fourth quarter, hoarding off the Hawks who were fighting to come back. And I loved the fight that I saw in the second half to try to win the game, but the team would fall short to the Bucks, 129-115. Going into the team stats, Hawks shot 50.6% from the floor. And almost 36% from three. Bucks shot almost 55% from the floor and 32% from three point land. Hawks were out rebounded 51 to 28, just dominated on the glass the entire night. And that was due par- partially or mostly to Clint Capella being out of tonight's contest. 26 assists from the Hawks and 10 turnovers, so good numbers there. Eight steals for the Hawks, but another daunting stat that speaks to Capella being out. They got outscored in the paint by the Bucks, 60-30. to 30. So, getting out-rebounded and not being able to keep the Bucs out of the paint. Two of the big things that I can point at for the Hawks falling short in this contest tonight. For the Bucks side of things, Giannis Antetokounmpo was great as he always is with a near triple-double. Scoring 27 points on 9 of 13 shooting from the floor. He went 9 of 15 from the free throw line. Grabbed 14 rebounds and added 8 assists. Chris Middleton scored 19 points on 9 of 16 shooting. Only went 1 of 16 from the 3 point line. But added 7 assists and 8 rebounds. Drew Holiday scored 15 points on 6 of 13 shooting from the floor. Went 2 of 4 from the 3 point line. One of three from the free throw line, and he added five rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Brook Lopez added 12 points, going four of six shooting from the floor, hit one three pointer, hit all three of his free throw attempts, and added three rebounds. Divincenzo added nine points on four of eight shooting from the floor, one three pointer made, eight rebounds, five assists, and a steal to round out the starting lineup for the Milwaukee Bucks off the bench. Bobby Portis, the former Chicago Bull and New York Knicks, added 21 points on 9 of 16 shooting from the floor, 1 of 2 from the 3-point line, hit both of his free throw attempts, and added 6 rebounds. He was very dominant as a decimated, undermanned front court in the Hawks. He took advantage of that bench. Brent Forbes, the former San Antonio Spur, added 11 points off the bench for the Bucks. And D.J. Augustine, former Orlando Magic guard, added nine points off the bench with three three three-pointers for the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter, who, as I said, carried the water tonight for the Hawks, carried it to a new career high tonight. And he had an absolutely amazing game for the second-year player, scoring 33 points on 13 of 21 shooting from the floor. Went two of five from three-point land and went five of six from the free throw line. He added four rebounds, four assists, and one steal. He looked like a seasoned vet with the moves that he was making, getting himself through the free throw line, driving in the lane. He looked like he's been in the league for five, six years, and he's only a second-year player. And that should make people really, really excited about DeAndre Hunter. And I want to talk up, and I know that they asked a question, Chris Kirshner from The Athletic asked Roy Pierce about most improved player you know, buzz around DeAndre Hunter. He certainly garners it because he's been playing great all season long. And But I know that there's other compelling stories as you look at Chris Boucher up in Toronto and Christian Wood for Houston. But DeAndre Hunter is making a name for himself for most improved player of the year. He's our def- one of our defensive MVPs and our X-Factor game in and game out as he's always constant on the offensive end as well with his numbers that he provides. Tonight, He was desperately needed with Trey Young and Clint Capella out, and he showed up. He was not afraid, and I loved seeing that from a second-year player in DeAndre Hunter. You keep doing your thing, man. John Collins added 30 points as well on 12 of 19 shooting from the floor. He went 6 of 9 from the 3-point line with a career high there in 3-point makes at 6. He added 7 rebounds and 3 assists. Again, Hunter, Collins carrying the water the whole night. And I said going into the game earlier in the podcast, obviously we needed John Collins to be a force tonight to give the Hawks a chance. He and DeAndre Hunter did what they were supposed to do. And then you have Gallinari who added 17 points off the bench in 19 minutes. Very, very good game in my opinion from him. Shot well. He went fourth, eight from the floor and went three or six from the three point line and hit all six of his free throw attempts. Added three rebounds two assists, and I thought he did a really good job, as he always does, of creating space and place for others, whether it's not culminating in a lot of assists. He makes a lot of hockey assists and just makes the right play. so he's a playmaker off that bench and can really score and stretch out the opposing four or five from the bench or whenever he's whatever lineup he's in. He's going to really stress them with his ability to hit the three-pointer and do a couple of different things offensively. So, we missed you, Gallo. We're glad to have you back. Uh, Solo, Solomon Hill added nine points off the bench on three of five shooting from the floor, went one of three from the three-point line, hit both of his free throw attempts, added three assists and a steal. Rajon Rondo, who started tonight, scored seven points on three of six shooting from the floor, added seven assists and four rebounds. And these last two players who I needed to see all three of the Magic City trio, the young wings for the Atlanta Hawks, have really good nights. Herter and Reddish both struggled. Reddish only had five points on one of eight shooting from the floor. He went three or four from the free throw line, and he added four rebounds and two steals. And Herter posted eight points on three of 11 shooting, went two or six from the three-point line, added Two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. If we would have got anything more from Reddish or Herder, in my opinion, we would have had a chance to probably steal this game away from the Milwaukee Bucks. Outside of, as I said, the rebounding stat tonight and points in the paint, if we would have got anything more from Reddish or Herder, I think we could have pulled this game out. But we'll move on. And even though we lost tonight's game, I saw a lot of good things. Obviously, the continued growth in DeAndre Hunter. John Collins' continued confidence in the three-point shot. They really tightened up things. Second half, played with a lot of heart and fought undermanned and played better defense. And the defense has gotten a lot better in the last four games. Offensive execution was a lot better tonight as well, even though they were undermanned as they only had 10 turnovers tonight. I loved seeing that. So there's some positives going forward. And even though they lost, there's some things that you can take away positively from this game. And obviously positives from a dominant performance on Friday from the Timberwolves and taking into the contest on Tuesday. I expect Trey Young and Capella to be back in full strength for Tuesday's game in Atlanta. And like I said, even though they lost, how they played in the last four games, it gives me confidence that when this team is healthy, They can play with anybody. They've shown the capability to play sound defense, share the ball, score from anywhere, and everyone has the capability to go off on any given night. So you can't really key in on one player. We've seen teams like Utah key in on Collins and Trey Young and force other players to step up. And that's where you have Capella. That's where you have DeAndre Hunter. You need Cam Reddish. You need Herter. You got Gallo back, which is a really good sign. You have Rondo leading that bench as the one getting everybody in the right spots to execute on the offensive end. So they have more firepower and more bodies that they can throw at teams going forward. Like I said, they've executed well in the last four games, showed heart. They showed grit and fight tonight under man, but falling short in their comeback win against Detroit. They showed that grit in their heart. They showed the dominance in the T wolves game. So, I think that they're primed to enter this tough stretch of games that they have coming up. The Clippers, who are currently tied for first in the West with the Los Angeles Lakers at a record of 13-4, they have won their last seven games, and they're hot coming into Atlanta on Tuesday, and it will certainly be a test. But as long as this team plays with the energy and effort that they played with in the last four games, they're going to give themselves a chance to hopefully maybe steal this game in Atlanta if Trey Young and Capella are good to go. It's going to be tough sledding, especially when you have to go against Paul George, who has something to prove. You have Kawhi Leonard playing good. You have Tyron Liu, who has won a championship before as a head coach. And this team has a little bit of new life. Nicholas Batum looks rejuvenated out in L.A. And obviously, we're very familiar with him as he was on the Charlotte Hornets for the last several years. So it's going to be a tough matchup. Going against the Clippers. And then to follow that up, they got to go against the new-look Nets here in Atlanta as well with their big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. And defense is an issue for the Nets as they've dropped some games here and there, as they're still trying to work on playing with each other. Certainly, by the time the end of the season rolls around, they're probably going to hit their stride and they're going to go on a nice little run in the playoffs and maybe make it to the finals. I don't think they'll win it this year, but... They'll have an opportunity to make it to the NBA Finals with the talent of that three-headed monster up in Brooklyn. And you can't forget Joe Harris, who can put up 20 easily to supplement what that big three can do. So offensively, they're going to be a tear and they're going to be able to put up points. And we've proven that we can put up points with this team, obviously, without James Harden. But we're gonna to have to bring it on that night as well. They were in the month of January on the road versus the Washington Wizards, who are finally playing games again. And if they can go one and two in these next three games, in my opinion, and put themselves in nine and ten through the first nineteen games, they're certainly gonna be on the pace four, seven, eight, nine play in opportunity as far as the end of the season goes for the Hawks team to put themselves in a position to get into the playoffs. If they can go 2-1, and one, that would be even better. They have to try to obviously take one from Brooklyn or L.A. The Wizards are not a gimme as well, so they're going to have to bring it on that night too, but if they can steal one from Brooklyn or, or the Clippers, if I'm a betting man, I would say that Brooklyn would be the better chance, especially because they are still figuring things out, and defensively, they're not great. So we'll be, have an opportunity to score points against Brooklyn. It's a matter of, How can we keep up with that three-headed monster in Brooklyn? It will certainly be tough. And as I said, you know, the Los Angeles Clippers, you got PG and Kawhi who are both really good two-way players and they kind of resemble, I'm not going to say that they resemble them, but obviously they kind of resemble Kim Reddish and DeAndre Hunter in their games and in their style of play. Obviously they're younger here in Atlanta, but kind of resemble those two players they're certainly going to bring it, and they're hot, coming in with a lot of confidence on a seven-game winning streak. And that game will take place, as I said, on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time at the State Farm Arena. So we'll see what happens going forward. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and basketball dudes across the globe. Follow us at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T67. As always, yay!